Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Suzanne Blimson. Thomas Cook, the near 200-year-old UK holiday company, is considering putting itself up for sale after a disastrous year when its market cap tumbled 80%. Katie Martin discusses what's gone wrong and who the potential buyers might be with Anna Gross and Jonathan Guthrie. Anna, how bad is it for Thomas Cook? What did the company's recent results show? So their results from September of last year show that they swung to a pre-tax loss of 123 million, and that's compared to 9 million in profit the year before. Also, their net debt increased to 389 million from 40 million in 2017. And their share price has also taken a big hit. It traded at £1.40 in May 2018, but has since declined to close to 24.5p. So the market doesn't like it. I mean, apart from the rising debt, what is it in the results that is giving investors cause for concern? I think it's that they're swinging to a loss in Mm. particular. So that's been the investor response, but how has management responded to the decline in this business? What can they actually do about this? Well, they issued two profit warnings last year in the space of two months. After that, they hired a restructuring specialist called Alex Partners to work on balance sheet and cost reduction plans. And... Two months ago, they launched a strategic review of their airline business Mm. and included in that was the idea that they might want to actually sell it. Following that, Lufthansa and Ryanair both put their hands up and said, we might be interested in buying part of that business in Europe. And they also said that they'd be closing 21 stores, putting 300 jobs at risk. I mean, having storefronts, you know, bricks and mortar to go with this sort of business does seem somewhat strange, right? Yeah, well, I think that basically travel habits are changing a lot Mm. and online travel agencies, we're starting to see them do quite a lot better. So are other holiday companies in the same sort of boat? Is this an industry-wide phenomenon? Well, trading conditions in the UK are really challenging at the moment. There's weak demand, increased competition and these changing travel habits. So Thomas Cook's main competitor in Europe, TUI, has issued profit warnings as well. And the budget airline EasyJet also issued a downbeat outlook. So there's a lot of it about. Jonathan, can you give us a flavour of the history of the company? It's been going since the 1800s, right? I mean, what's gone wrong and does it still have potential? Yes, well, the thing about Thomas Cook, of course, was that it used to be a real innovator and it started out in Leicester and one of its signature successes were tours of the pyramids in 1869 because there was this middle class growing that wanted to travel more. As soon as people have a bit of money, they like to go on holiday and they managed to tap into that. Their current problems, I think, are actually really rooted in the noughties when Manny Fontenla Navoa was the boss and he doubled down on bricks and mortar. He actually did a big deal with the co-op, acquired 500 more stores. Even at that time, this seemed like a pretty odd thing to do. Online travel was already burgeoning. TUI, which was run in the UK by a man called Peter Long, was very agile. They got into this. They were a big traditional travel business. They're now based in Germany. And they got into this. They started doing a lot of stuff online. They started offering a lot of tailored and special offers to try and differentiate themselves. And Thomas Cook, frankly, was asleep at the wheel until about 2011, when it had a huge debt crisis. And it's really been struggling ever since. It's never quite got back on its feet, right? So when you think about the bricks and mortar to go alongside the clicks and mortar of a travel company, who actually walks into a shop to buy their holiday these days? 
Well, I think we were talking earlier, and Anna said probably people over the age of 60, and I think there is probably some truth in that. The way that Thomas Cook developed during the 60s and 70s was very much to pioneer mass tourism to the costas, to Magaluf, Benidorm, places like that. But a younger generation of consumers are very price conscious, and they can get that very much more cheaply online now. So there is potentially still a customer base out there that would prefer to do it in this way, but... It's an ageing one. Definitely. So who are the potential buyers, if that's what it comes to, if the company's put up for sale? Well, we've heard already about who might come in for the airline, which they've essentially mm. earmarked for sale. The most recent rumour is that Fosun from China might want to buy the whole of the business. It already has a 17% stake. And there are ways that you could see that might work. You say they've already got a 17% stake. What sort of influence have they had on the company already? Can we tell? They've got a joint venture. And if you think back to Thomas Cook in Leicester, tapping into a rising middle class, this is what Fosun, which is basically an investment company, but it's got a big travel side. This is what Fosun has been doing in China with a bit of assistance from Thomas Cook, because Chinese people are more prosperous, at least in the middle class, and they want to go on holiday. They want to go and see the Alhambra and the Mona Lisa and the Niagara Falls. So there's potentially a deal to be done there, I'd say. Mm, So potentially a good match? Possibly, yeah. I mean, it depends on the price and also the debt position, which is hugely slippery because it's a seasonal business. So you have these huge peaks and troughs in debt, particularly when you've advertised a bunch of holidays, people are signing up them, they haven't paid you yet. You go up to net debt of 1.6 billion Mm. at the most recent count. Mm. So how about Thomas Cook's airline? How does that complicate the situation? Well, the situation is that their airline is a European-based one and European airlines have to be owned in Europe, which has obviously created a lot of complications around possible Brexit and an even more obvious one if you're being bought by a Chinese group. So the theory is that they would sell the airline separately to someone like Lufthansa. They then use the proceeds, which analysts optimistically Mm. reckon could be £750 million, to pay down debt. That would pop up the multiple of the remainder of the business, which then might be sold for something a little under £500 million. Mm, So offloading the airline would be in one way a necessity and also could just sweeten the whole of the rest of the deal. It's a bit of a wash, I think, in terms of the deal price because you use it to take a big chunk out of the debt, essentially. Mm. So do you think other travel companies are likely to be looking at what's going on here with some interest Or do you think that this is very much a Thomas Cook-specific situation? This is something that's true, I think, across the travel industry, that traditional travel agents have had to try and adapt. As Anna says, TUI's has its own problems. It probably has adapted a bit better. Thomas Cook has been trying to play catch-up. That's a very uncomfortable position to be in when you're being disrupted online. So this is a general problem for trad travel agencies. And the uh, shaky health of the British consumer can't really be helping. No, indeed. Thanks both very much. That was Katie Martin talking to our company's reporter, Anna Gross, and Jonathan Guthrie, head of the FT's Lex column. Thanks for listening. Remember, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, you can find our latest subscription offers at ft.com offer.
Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.